We say hello and gamma joba to Halftime at Midnight, your podcast about Georgian football in English, and you know this intro by now. My name is Amir, and of course, I want to introduce my good friend, brother, co-host on the other side of the globe. It's in Costa Rica, and it's Kahi. Hi, Amir. Thank you for that warm welcome. Hello, everyone as well. Thank you for joining us again, even if recently it seems like our podcast is becoming into an announcement show of tragic deaths. But hey, this is only Georgian football, isn't it, Amir? <laughs> yes, it is. And, you know, it's the first time that we are syncing up now uh, in a podcast format for, I don't know, since since last time. Was it two, three, four weeks, maybe? But what have you been doing uh, when it comes to Georgian football? Have you been following anything interesting in particular, Kari? Or how have your thoughts been uh, during this time? Well, I'm dying slowly. I'm dying slowly. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's no, it's 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 been a, a mixed sense of everything. You know, some small good things happening, which we're gonna mention later on in the in the podcast. But you know, the sense or the bitter sense of the Georgian national team having these poor performances and all the drama alongside is, uh, you know, has been, you know, our daily th- daily thinking. So yeah, well, it's it's been like both good and bad. So yeah, I think we have to move on and, and, and speak all, all the topics uh, and try to be clear with the, with the people who are listening to us as well. I mean, Absolutely. Now, I'm, I'm sure that uh, we will cover the national team and uh, yeah everything that's been going on lately in this podcast format. First of all, I want to uh, thank you for the feedback that we have received recently from both old and new listeners. It's always nice to see the warming words. Uh, for those of you who are new, this is about Georgian football, and it means that there are 80% negative news that we talk about here mostly, isn't it? Well, 80 sounds fair. <laughs> 80 sounds fair. Now, joke aside, we try to see the light uh, that we have in this little uh, fantastic uh, country and league and actually talented football nation. It would just be nice if uh, one day we can put all the puzzles, uh, like the pieces, together and uh, make something out of it, because... Kaka, you said a phrase here, dying slowly. And I want to use this more because this is exactly what Mamadas really must be feeling now in Spain, right? After having such a hot start. And then something happened. Yes. Uh, well, honestly, Emir, it was surprising that Valencia decided to put him as starting in so many matches, including important matches, um, considering the fact that he's still on loan and also the fact of them having a very experienced international keeper as Dutchman citizen. But as you said some episodes before, Emir, Mamarda gained the position after prominent presentations in the preseason. And honestly, his performances before Real Madrid were not so bad. Uh, I do believe that the second goal of Benzema, uh, the you know, the rose of a bit of, of criticism, and that's where we saw the Georgian mentality in action. Next game, two or three criminal errors. Uh, I do believe that sometimes the criticism towards goalkeeper is a bit harsh, and I do believe you agree with me, Amir, considering all the responsibility in their hands, but as professional, uh, you should be able to stand up from this episode as fast as you can. So this is what will determine Mamarda's career from now on. I'm actually quite excited to see what's going what's going to happen next, because he has two, two paths, to sink or to emerge. So if he sinks... He might even return to Georgia and, and end up playing there in Sukura or, or whatever. But if he shows some attitude right now, he'll be coming to the goalkeeper we'll want him to be. To be. 
and that's the path he needs to follow. So, uh, um, you know, different of what I saw into the community, I'm actually excited because one day or, or another it will happen. You know, when you're a goalkeeper, you have to face this kind of situations to 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 get some experience to mature. So, yeah, I'm not so disappointed as many of the people are. How do you feel about it? I feel um, sad for him because I was riding on this kind of hot wave, you know, that he was making a strong impact and he still has done so in La Liga. First of all, I think it's cool that we are talking about La Liga and Benzema, Real Madrid, while in the context of a Georgian player. That, that's that's super rare, you know. And uh, despite his mistakes, this, this, you know, despite his mistakes, he played, what, 84 nice minutes against Real Madrid. Suddenly he has one mistimed uh, punch when he tries to go out and punch it. And it ends up costing the game. And then he has a opportunity to bounce back against Sevilla, concedes three goals in one half. And uh, today, on the 25th, he was punished uh, by losing his spot for Silicon, who is, of course, the best-paid player in Valencia, if I'm not mistaken. So the fact that he has kept such a merited name on the bench for, for quite a long time coming from the Georgian League is impressive in itself. So, like I said, he must uh, rise, he must learn, he must not take this personal and realize that he's in a good training uh, environment. So, starting or not, learn as much as you can, have a good attitude and, uh, <laughs> it's going to sound weird to say this, but wait for a mistake by Silicon and then be ready <laughs> for when it comes. That's how goal goalkeepers must be you know, preparing because no one knows how how long until we'll see him on the pitch again. But I think just having him in that environment is positive. And by the way, Kari, I want to ask you a trivia. Do you know who's the who's the top-rated player from Georgia in the new FIFA game, and who's the second and and, and third? Do, do you know? No, actually, I I don't. Can you lighten us a bit on that? You, you want to have a guess? It's more fun if you have a guess. Hmm. Is it's it a keeper? Yeah, the the first one. Yes. Yes. Should be Makaridze, maybe. Yes, he has seventy-five. Wow, that's what. Then who's who, who's second and, and third? Well, I will guess. Um, do they have the the league of of Cyprus there? <laughs> uh, they do have one team. They have Abuel, oh, actually. Really? Well, that's unexpected. Well, I, I'm guessing that the first, if if the first is Makaridze, the second should be. Is it Chakwe? No, they actually butchered uh, Chakwe since he has been out missing for I don't know how many years. Maybe since Georgia gained independence, it seems like <laughs> I saw him last time. <laughs> but yeah, he's, yeah, he's dropped quite significantly. He's like top five shared place. He's, uh, he's only on a 69. But uh, let's go back to the top three. You, you mentioned Makariza. He's the highest rated Georgian player on FIFA 22. Yeah, I, will, I will give a shot of luck here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it should be Vali. Oh, no, no. Even though no. he's in the game, he is 68. They have Ferencvaros yeah. in the game, so we have some more Georgians than we used to. Well, that that's, I think, good if, if they're young. But, mm -hmm. well, I actually, I if, I don't know. If I, I, you know, I had my shots, I don't know. Yeah, I will I will tell you. So, first is Makariza, second is Mamadashvili with 74. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, I was, that, that's, I, that's how I came to think about it because I remember he was quite highly rated in, in the game. So if you want to play FIFA with some Georgians, uh, unfortunately, you have to wait for the computer to make some saves for you. That will be your most entertaining uh, <laughs> ways of playing with Georgian players. 
Uh, unless you put Macarizio Mamarda's central forward, as we did back then in the winning 11 days, you know, the Provolution in the early 2000 years. <laughs> you do that on your ultimate team, Karen. You tell me how that goes. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> no, that was just a bit of a sidetrack here. Um, just something I came up with on the spot here. But uh, of course, the Valencia turn, uh, let's not be too much, uh, like too negative about it, even though he seems to have lost his, his spot right now. There are reasons to be optimistic. And I hope that he now, like you said, you had a good point there, that he must be number one in the national team now uh, so that Valencia can also see that he's doing a good job for his country. Yes, exactly, because now he will have few few opportunities. He will have some, some minutes in the Copa del Rey, I'm guessing. And also the national team now needs to be like the... Uh, like the opportunity for him to show that he is, uh, he's learning from, from his mistakes. So right now, you know, as we spoke before, the national team has no chances to, the, to qualify to the World Cup. So I'm, I'm thinking that right now the best thing to do for our common interest is to put Mamarda in every match. Um, that, that, that's, my, that's my phrase and that will be really disappointing if that doesn't happen. Yeah, show him as much as possible, you know. That's that's how it is. We have to go. We have to support each other, you know. And he's he's in the position where we 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 don't have many people. We don't have many Georgians, and we haven't felt this feeling uh, in 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 a long while, you know. So this is mm. the moment we need to we need to cheer for him, and you know, to to give him the opportunity he's he's looking for. And there's there's no other way, man. I'm I'm guessing that Luero, of course, you you say Loria. But there's no point of comparison right now because Mamarde is playing in a top level. And yeah, that, that's the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do we feel satisfied with a little uh, trip to Spain and uh, discuss our little, our little Georgian presence that we had there? Yes, also I believe we have some more news, right? I mean, a bit close to Spain. A bit close to Spain. What do you mean? Maybe Belgium, maybe? Oh, Belgium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, quite close to Spain, sure. Uh, like I said before, I think the, the news that you're referring to is uh, Chakwetadze being not only back in the squad and team and getting his 5-10 minutes here and there, but actually as a start. Was it against Anderlecht, a top game? Yes, yes, certainly. Yeah, it was impressive. I was watching the game. Did, did you manage to watch it? I did not. To be honest, I, I did not. I don't watch the Belgian league. To be to be honest, unless there's something super interesting, and this was interesting, but I didn't. I wasn't available at that game time, so I just saw the lineup in his name, and that was just a shock for the eyes as well. I think I need to go <laughs> check my glasses if they're okay. If I was really reading Chaco's name on the green field, yeah. yeah. You know, when I saw the name, it's like I said, like the reaction was finally, you know, and hopefully he he keeps this way. I actually don't remember the last time he played so many games in a row, Amir, do you? Was it like two uh, years ago? Only two years? I was thinking, you know, when Jesus... No, I'm just <laughs> kidding, but... <laughs> no, it was a very long time ago. Yeah, I, I do believe that we should also count, uh, count on him for the national team as well, because I saw him playing. He didn't play the complete match, though, but he played most of the minutes he has played so far in this year. And uh, he was pretty nice, you know, uh, looking a bit like the old Chakwe. He doesn't seem like this afraid guy, as you know, the, as I've seen many times in the past, or from Georgian players who are recovering from a, from an injury. Um, I do remember Levan Kenyan, uh, you know, when he returned after several months and several 
uh, surgeries and he was not playing the same way. He was afraid of putting the leg. He was afraid of doing something. He he started to, to pass a lot. Uh, this didn't happen with Chakve. Um, you know, so I'm kind of optimistic here. And, well, hopefully hopefully we'll see more from him. And um, it's good that uh, they were patient with his recovery. And also it's good that the fans are receiving him really, really warmly. And, uh, you know, the chants of Chuck were, were, were amazing in the stadium. So I'm guessing that this is going to be all uh, together a good a good mix of, of positive things for Chuck. But, you know, he has the support of the directive of the team, of the fans. And, you know, he's recovering results out there so yeah this 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 is looking pretty good man yeah as long as they cover him in cotton during the matches mm. so he doesn't get more injured because like you said now he's been having a few games in a row seemingly fit being part of the team coach believes in him he's had some appearance with the national team as well you know, when I think of Chuck, when I think of national team, I just immediately, the first uh, scene that plays in my mind, you know what that is, Gary? Yes. Yes, but tell me. But tell me. You go ahead. Okay. It is the scene of uh, of the goal against, I think it's Kazakhstan away. Do you, rem- do you remember this goal? The first goal in the, the, the Nations League. The Nations tournament. League, yeah. The, comp- uh, the whole competition, yeah. Top, top corner kind of uh, curl. Like a... Yeah rocket and then uh, there's another performance against Kazakhstan he really likes playing against Kazakhstan it seems uh, yeah. he had uh, a couple of nice touches and you know I, I really when I think about those games and those times I remember how optimistic and how happy I felt uh, about, you know seeing like okay here is a generational talent and maybe all hope is not lost after all when it comes to him uh, aren't you tired of speaking about hopes every time we have to speak about the national team Amir yeah, but you know that's why when things suck at the moment, what do you do? You go back to when you last felt good. You know, <laughs> you go back to these memories against against Kazakhstan and whatnot. You know, yeah. and you try to find some light. But no, all in all, very nice to see him back. Uh, to be honest, I think this was the last chance because I was ready to just give up and forget about his existence. I will admit. Add him to the blacklist. The long blacklist, but he is now uh, recovered from the dead. <laughs> well, that, that's a, that's a, some optimism over there. That uh, is. But I but, but I want to know if you are also uh, as optimist for the next for the next uh, national team matches because we still have three official games to go through. We are facing Greece at home, Kosovo away, and then in November we are receiving Sweden, and there's a friendly match, um, maybe another. Uh, which is going to be against Uzbekistan. Not sure if this is going to be in Tbilisi, but it looks like it's going mm. to be in Georgia. So, yes. What do you think about it? And uh, is there any kind of excitement whatsoever well, on your on your side? No, I think you know my, my thoughts pretty clear, but I will say this out loud and I will, make an, uh, I will admit something on this podcast is that I'll make it sound very dramatic now, but to be honest, it's nothing dramatic. It's just I want to say that I am not as emotionally invested in the national team anymore. And this, I came to this conclusion after what happened in the last gathering and how non-serious kind of a team that we fielded and just killed all hope and just showing Europe and the world that we don't care. So I will also not care then. 
until the office of GFF is cleared new people in with the real uh, with their heart in the right place because right now they're not doing what's best for Georgia they're doing what's best for their friendship it's like a little corruption gang who's yeah. doing everything is based on favors for I don't know agents club uh, club officials you know uh, play with this player because we need him to be shown on the big stage so we can settle him for a lot it's a lot of that politics going on uh, I don't need to have an ear against the office door to understand this. Uh, you put the pieces together and you you read, you know, which people are, um, you know, have some sort of insights and you see patterns and it all makes sense. And also what makes me pissed is that it's not the first time, you know, we're stuck in this uh, very poisonous circle. So... I know that the team we feel that against Spain was uh, that one just made me really pissed off to be honest. I just used those words. Um, it's not worthy, you know. We have a, such a nice generation going on, and we just well, what do we do? We 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 play players who are. It's not the choice of the coach. I want to believe it's a that's the choice of higher voices who wants yeah. to see certain players be played and. Waste because we can waste. Yeah, you see, I'm just going around in circles here. But what I try to say is that I'm not emotionally invested because of this. Um, they don't give me joy because I know it's all fake, you know, now. So I don't care who we call on the next gathering if they want to, you know, fill the whole list with um, with the debutants from the Eronuli Liga. Fine by me. I will still watch because I'm more passionate about the development of the players and and stuff, but I won't put much effort into the result of the national team and who are called, who are not called. I used to be like very uh, emotionally invested, and, and yeah, I will just not be anymore. That's what I'm trying to say. How about you? Are you more optimistic? Well, well, honestly speaking, Emir, well, that's the spot usually we are, you know. Um, these are the kind of disappointments we always receive from Georgian football, unfortunately. And you know, I can stand here and tell you that this is fault of the of the Georgian mentality or the corruption in the Georgian Football Federation or politics and agents and clubs, as you said. Or I don't know, I could even say it's lack of planning or or you know, the low level of the Umaglese Liga. The fact of matter is that this has been happening since forever and we are all through, you know, we're all sick of this. So it's hard to always hand uh, you know, and, and attach on empty hopes and wasted statistics. But this is what it is, um, you know. But also, on the other side, I believe that this is, this darkness brings us to to the best of the feelings, you know, because that's where you start to appreciate the small good things. And I believe that's the only positive thing you can you can take from all this. In mm. other words, we're, we're deep down in a hole, but... You know, the expectation of somehow climbing up makes you excited, interested. Maybe it's it's a sadomasochist tendency, but it's a tendency at least, you know. So that being said, Emir, I must say that uh, the way you feel is the correct expression at this point, And it's a painful situation, humiliating somehow for me and for other people as Georgians, because somehow this is this is the proof of what's happening in Georgia in, in every sense. You know, we have a... Uh, uh, lovely country, lovely people, but these kind of situations are almost in every sphere. Um, but, but just to to kind of uh, you know 
kind of feel the hopes a bit um considering that uh, that we're playing this 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 matches and considering the reality we are in what would you like to to see or what you can see to change your mind i mean what would you wait for the next games and what would you kind of make feel less less angry because what i what i perceive here is that you're angry you're not just disappointed but you're angry you're angry so what what could change your mind yes I'm angry, I'm, but I'm also like numb. Like to be honest, now a victory against Greece at home, I would, I would be happy, but I wouldn't uh, be permanently happy. You know, I would still feel devastated that because I know that the wrong people are involved in the future of the Georgian football, and that's what brings me down. So even successes like a positive result or something, it loses its purpose to me. You know. Sorry, but honestly, even if we had no hopes, and that's that's a small input I want to want to make, we yeah. had no hopes from the beginning, you know, realistically yeah. speaking. But even if there was no expectation to get hard, even that way, the Georgian football managed to surprise and slap us hard in, yeah. in our pride as fans, right? <laughs> It's true, you know. I start optimistic, and then you you just see how unprofessional the whole national team is 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 being ran, not necessarily from the coach himself. Because right now I'm telling you, you can bring we can bring Pep Guardiola to to um, to the national team. Uh, we would see improvements, but not uh, he he cannot save the country either. As long as these, as long as we just ignore and go on and let the offices be as they are, that's where it hurts for me. You know, the, the people are not having Georgia's best at heart as a priority. So the players we feel, the coaches that we play, you know, it, it doesn't matter. The victories that might appear, it's uh, temporary. Until I see a permanent uh, chain of, of something, you know, then I'll, I'll start to feel hopeful again. So a specific result will not change it, but a chain of good events will make me feel hopeful again. Such as the first three matches uh, with, with uh, Sanyol. That was a chain of, of something positive you could see. Like, okay, we had three good performances in a row. Not so many points, but I can see something good going on. And then these things start to happen. And, you know, uh, we see... This is what also irritates me, by the way. Players who are injured whenever the national team calls. And then, did you see what happened just days after the last game against Spain? The injured players just featuring for their clubs again. Sure, they kind of healed, but I think it's not really injuries, to be honest. I'm, the fact that I'm starting to doubt even even injury information just shows you how how little faith I have in what's going on. You know, I'm starting to... Well, I, I'm not starting right now, but I'm thinking that we have some fat fishes in the Federation. And, well, if you ask me for proofs, I have none, so maybe this is not something good to be said in in the podcast, but You know, uh, a couple of days ago, and sorry for bringing this up, I was watching the movie Ford versus Ferrari, and it's it is a nice movie. Um, you know, it's a historical movie about the back of the 60s. and the point there was that there was this guy Shelby who who was who was trying to deliver a sports car for Ford in order to compete in Le Mans. Um, the point there is that. The, the corporation of Ford was so big that even if the, even if he had the best driver, if somebody didn't like the driver, he wouldn't he wouldn't drive. 
you know so the, it was a complete challenge to to get into this this corrupt system and even in the under on, on the racing day they would prefer for to lose uh, but not the driver to gain something you know so what I'm trying to say here is that I do believe that the complexity of the federation and a lot of big names who are playing there uh, on the administrative side um, maybe they have their own conditions and and that's what's bringing the problem and maybe the character who can just come in and uh, kind of uh, face them should be more aggressive now i don't believe that this is sanyol's fault i have to be honest but also i don't see sanyol being the character who can come and say listen guy this is my job and you just just don't put your big georgian noses inside okay as as mm. ketspaya did because ketspaya he he can he challenged the federation and the federation changed actually ketspaya started a, a movement and uh, of course he, the problem was that then the people of the federation who were corrupt they started to to get you know connected with the with the media and they officially started a war against Ketspaya. so it it became like a like a big war so uh this is something that i'm i see that is happening right now and i just don't see Sanyol uh in the position of you know of facing them as i didn't see why he's doing it and any other foreigner because they just don't understand the environment it's too aggressive for them they're not used to that so um now the thing that is jumping up amir is is the name of of Arvelade because some of the people and some of our colleagues as well they consider that shota has the character to kind of face this uh, traditional corrupt system in the federation mm -hmm. yeah uh and 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 you know and and the situation has been escalating a lot um, have you have you been able to see what what, what happened between Kobe and and Arveladze? I saw that um, the fact that uh, Arveladze challenged in a way, well, he challenged by giving feedback and he was voicing his opinion about the national team, and he received instant resistance from Kobe Ashvili. So, and you see, the moment you have a different opinion, then they just chop you down immediately. Don't criticize the the dictatorship. Almost, it's like it's that's how it feels like. But you can because the whole thing was in Georgian. I'll I'll admit I didn't catch everything. But what was the main uh, thing that Arveladze raised, which Kobesh really couldn't couldn't take? Yeah, basically Arveladze criticized the, the the players, the team, like everything, the the whole organization. Uh, but the thing that triggered Kobesh really, and not only Kobe, by the way. I saw that Kaladze, who was in politics, he also st started to speak about this. Now, let me let me describe you why this is something interesting. Kaladze doesn't want to do nothing with football in Georgia. When he's asked about football, he doesn't answer because he says that he's in politics. But every time that something challenging happens, he comes up and speaks about football. So it's only when he wants to. And in this case... The reason of, of why Kobe, Karadze and the rest of the Federation were disappointed with Shota's comments is that apparently Shota rejected the, the option of, of, of becoming the head of the national team. Uh, he was the apparently the, the, the A option of the Federation and he rejected the offer. So now what, what they're saying is that if he rejected the offer, he doesn't have the right to come here and speak up. You know, and, but but what's the other point? We don't know why Shota rejected the offer. Maybe he already 
knew about the people who are involved there and he didn't want to work with them. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's something which what we are not able to see. I don't know if you get the point. Yeah, I'm not sure we will ever find out. But just because he rejected a job doesn't mean that he has no right of an opinion. He can still have an opinion based on what he's seeing. So I don't see this kind of silence attitude as something that will help Georgian football. Because I think people are people who work there are so blinded by, I don't know what they're blinded by, but, you know... Not refusing, by re, No, absolutely not. That's the last <laughs> thing on the list. But, uh, no, you throw me off with that comment a bit, but uh, they're just <laughs> blinded by, uh, like not seeing the reality. And when someone tells you, this is the reality, they hit on the instant defense button and shuts everything out. So uh, what I'm worried is that they will just hire these kind of yes people on the coaching role, you know, so that they know they will never um, come with any, you know, they will never challenge us. So it's important that they hire like a yes, like a yes man. Mm. But... Like not to have a Ketspaya who's very vocal or, you know, someone with uh, with very strong opinions. So it's easier to go with a foreign coach because they don't understand the culture so much and, you know, they don't know the players and the people. So they won't know what they get into. They'll just do a good interview, get the job, and then they will be bossed around, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're following, but... Yeah. Um, it's not Sanyal's fault, but I do not think he will last long, to be honest. But if he will be let go at some point, um, I, I know it's not his fault. So I, I want people to remember that the Federation is the poisonous part in, in the national team's uh, success and, uh, well, failures mostly. Emir, you know, we started to speak about this because you asked me about how I felt. Yeah. the upcoming upcoming matches of the national team and this your answer I'm interested because this is this is now a mind game and I want to see how it develops I want to see what happens because this could be from my point the last calling up for from from Sanyol and depending on what happens there I think we'll have a, a clear path of, of understanding so uh, this is it this is I, I think this is the end of the tunnel and either good or bad things, I, it, with bad things I mean worse things, will happen after this. So my interest in the upcoming matches is that I want to see what are they capable of doing and for how long and how how deep dark they can they can go. So yeah, from from my point, I'm I'm interested on in that. So that's that's my that will be my answer. Uh, I really want to see what what will happen. And mm. on my internal, the inner. Uh, temptation is to is to see our team gaining some points, you know, beating Greece. This is personal to me, as I said many times, mm-hmm. and you know, and 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 giving and taking the three points back from Kosovo. Ah, uh, so that that will be the best scenario to me. But right now, I'm not not concentrated on the results, but on what what's happening, and that's pity because we're wasting a lot of months, a lot of matches, uh, which we could use for for good purposes. But no, we have to waste it for for stupid politics. And what's worse is that you're not only wasting matches and, and months, uh, but it's related. You're wasting time because this generation, which is very talented right now, I promise you, fast forward a couple of years, it goes very quick. These qualifiers happen once, you know, they happen with with a frequency. Before you know it, Chakwe and Zeta, they'll, they'll be entering their 30s and we'll be wondering, shit, what happened to, to, to all this time? 
uh, we had such a nice generation. Now they're now they're past their prime, and I promise you, it will be down to this big Georgian nose that you were talking about. Um, yeah, I can't understand why is it so difficult to just have a have the right people in the right places and want to do the best for your nation instead of satisfying your personal relationship uh, with whoever you need to oh, play this player because of this and this and that and so on. I, I don't understand how you can, uh, how is it so difficult? That's the frustrating part. Yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, unfortunately, I think that even if we, even if we, we kind of, we saw, we can solve it for, for, for a while, but it will return. Like it's, it's like always, it's a pattern repairing itself. So yeah, that's that, that's the pity and dark side of our football, and uh, I do believe that your words are the explanation of why we are unsuccessful, man. You know what I want to see? The only way forward I see is that uh, if at one point this new movement starts, as you said, that gets by started of you know uh, changing the federation of the people, I would take a foreigner in on the federation spots mm-hmm. as the kind of leading person. Because they hold no uh, like uh, domestic sympathies that they need to satisfy. They just want to do a good job and 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 improve the football. Yeah, at least on at least on he can be supported by by some Georgians, you know, good Georgians, I should say. We we need to get rid of the poison. Not that I don't trust the Georgians, but it's been going on for too long. This kind of internal uh, drama and politics, uh, as we now call it. You know, what uh, the key fundamental people uh, needs to be foreign, I think, hmm. for this to have a proper solution. Yeah, I think I think I think that's the only that could be a, a good a revolutionary plan because hmm. yeah, it's it's a pity that we've lost so many generations, man. It's it's been it's been painful. What's the name of this guy, uh, Ralf Ragnik, who went to uh, Russian League as some sort of uh, consultancy thing? He's supposed to, like... Um, I know he was rumored to Milan as well and uh, to be in charge of all the important football development and the, and the decisions. Something like that, but on a federation level, would be good. You know, you take external expertise for these things. With a, it's a long-term plan. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that 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 can happen in Georgia. Uh, well, we, it we needs even, to. <laughs> yes, we, you you even remember that we spoke with with, you know, we we spoke about the possibility of bringing in some coaches for the youth generations, because uh, we're having serious issues on the in the developing of our talents. Uh, and, and that's not happening, you know. They every time they prefer to put this this old, wasted, Georgian retired football players to, to, to be coaches when they are not. They just because they were players, you know, they think it's a, it's a, it's it's one step ahead and, and, and naturally done. But this is not, you know. And we have a lot of former players who were actually nobody while playing, and now they're nobody as coaches, you know. And and we are in the hands of these nobodies. So uh, it's disappointing, and uh, as as I said, we we we're wasting a lot of talents because we're not preparing them correctly, and and you know this is like apparently a cancer which is from the root, 
and I was making a research about about these roots. Samir, I don't know if you want to you want to hear about this, and it's related to our youth national teams of the recent years. Yes, please go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if you're gonna be pleased after listening to this, but uh, anyways, it's um, you know I was uh, the research is about our youth, 17, 19, and 21. Um, recent uh, generations and even if you check the statistics you can find some successful campaigns especially for for the youth 17 and 19 and i was kind of interested on 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 checking the impressive campaign of, of youth 17 in the in the euro 2012 uh when our boys reached the semi-finals in the euro i'm not sure if you were following georgia football in, in those years Emir. i believe you were yes it was early on like my second or yeah second year Yes. Um, mm. So possibly you remember that too. You know, they complete path. You know, the path was prominent. In in the qualifying round, they knocked Bulgaria and Moldova. They qualified together with Sweden to the to the elite round. And in the elite round, where you just one from from four teams qualifies to the Euro, the the youth Georgians knocked Ukraine, England, and Spain all three at the same time. So it was a it was a big deal. Uh, they only, you know, they they got seven points, only one goal considered, and in the group stage, Georgia qualified second after Germany. They knocked France and Iceland from uh, from the from the stage. So in the semi-finals, our boys well, they lost to Netherlands, who who later became in the champions of of the tournament. But important to mention that you know the big part of the game, Georgia was playing with ten men and. Both goals came in the last minute, but however, we could say that it was really positive as a campaign. You know, we should also mention that it was the best we have seen from from any of our national teams in the recent years, Emir. But uh, I, I guess that you're wondering why am I bringing this up? Well, it starts promising. Boys, well, it, it did. <laughs> so but far, it's been really <laughs> fantastic fairy tale, Kari. I'm listening like a child going to bed with a nice story. Continue. Well, well, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big hit after you fall in the, uh, to the ground again, and because all of the boys who played in that in the campaign, well, there should be around twenty five years old right now, and uh, well, somehow twenty five, twenty six, and considering that they were all strong, you know, a really strong generation, and you should expect them becoming top talents. Let me give you some data. So, out of the nineteen guys, three of them are already retired. Okay, and most of them are playing in the Georgian third division or even regional divisions. The second biggest group is playing in the Georgian second division. Just just to tell you some names, Chechelashvili, he was one of the leaders in that team, is playing Bakhmaro. Are you familiar with that team? Do you know where is Bakhmaro at least, or even have you heard uh, about uh, it? Yes, I've heard the uh, village name. I guess it is. Yes, village. Now, Gorozia, Georgi, he was another top talent in the team. Yeah, he's playing abroad. He was in Norway playing... a while. Oh, yes, and he's... Where, where, where is he right now? He's in Dynamo Bryansk in Russia. It's it's in the third division, I think. You know, he was also in Malta for a while when I was living there. Uh, I remember he was one of the Georgians who played in Malta as well. So, yeah, weird career. Oh. Yeah, that that's something you, you, you don't expect from this kind of young boys. Okay, mm-hmm. some of the players are, are, are names that we know, but only like four or five. We say Dvalis from that generation, Aburjania, Papunashvili, Kakabate, but it's not like they're just top stars. It's 
normal players uh, with all due respect you know mm. um you know but you know speaking about lost generations we can mention names as levan kenya januan anite jorge chanturia chetlite tinam grishvili even gogo asatiani i mean the list is as we said before the blacklist is big but my my point here is that there's no structure to develop young talents into challenging professionals and mm-hmm. we can stand here and, and cry about our results and our vanished hopes but until we see no escalated organization we won't be able to compete on a major level Amir. and that's that's something we see we compete strong on U17 on U19 a little bit less U21 a little bit less than the rest generation and in, in the, and on the level of national teams we're just a waste So yeah that's it. The the very interesting because the summary should be that if you're good when you're when you're 17 that should follow that success should follow for you know Georgia under 19 and then Georgia under 21 because and then eventually the national team. And uh, right now it's not it's happening to a very very tiny rate. The only one who's gone from that team that you just mentioned from 2012 To the national team, you said it's Dwali. He's he yeah. the only one. Dwali, Abudania, maybe, maybe Kakabase. Okay, at least three. So you have three yeah. of you said uh, how many were there? Nineteen in in the whole squad, maybe yes. more. But uh, do you think that's acceptable of having that semi-final generation? And, and if someone told you, you know, only three of these players, they they, they will make it to to the senior team. It's embarrassing. How many do you think we need to become competitive? Well, uh, at least at least the 60%. Well, minimum 50% of them should be uh, in the national team and the rest should be competitive enough. You know, it will be fun to see what a what a nation league uh, kind of A division uh, what kind of percentage they have when it comes to converting talents like that and then take a team similar infrastructure wise to Georgia is to see if we fare better or worse I'm pretty sure it's worse because that three out of 19 to make that journey but it also maybe maybe it also shows that uh, of course a big part of this is because of the player's mentality and maybe they don't have the mentality needed to actually make it in the, in, in the in the real football world but also maybe lack of uh, clever agents and you know they need the help to take yeah. good steps I think it's also underdeveloped But but you know what what else there's a problem is that we have we have our hopes in our young boys always it's always the yeah. same if you you know your your hope to face like say Greece the next month well it's actually in the ne- in, in two in two weeks to face Greece your hope is not Okriasweli who's been part of the national team for 10 years or your your hope is not Vako or somebody else no your hope is always a guy who's 18 or 19 years old because he's in in the range of age where our boys are competitive but wh- why what what's happening after the 20s besides mm. the injuries what what's going on there that that's where we are failing yeah, and that's something we have to find out and uh, thinking and, and speaking about politics we will not find the path man that's 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 something i can assure you yeah do you think that The guys in the GFF office are talking about the same things we're doing now and say, okay, guys, this is the reality. How can we make improvements? Okay, what is the action plan of making improvements? Have they presented any sort of PowerPoint with how they're going to improve? I'm sure they're not thinking about this. They're only thinking about, you know, oh, uh, how should we play Zarya next? Like, yeah. cut the bullshit. 
this is this is the kind of questions they should be focusing on. You see, this makes me so pissed, even just talking about it, because we have such incompetence in in uh, in that office. Yeah. And they, they should also speak with the clubs because they I don't say like exactly. like one common lay language. Yes, the the clubs they face each other and they uh, argue with each other, and uh, we are not in the position to do such things. You know, they can do that in Spain, in Germany, but we're not mm-hmm. in Georgia. We, we we need to find a common language first, and, mm-hmm. and and you know that's where the federation needs to be like sitting in the middle of all of them. And they're not, you know, they're not planning mm-hmm. anything. You know, they're building beautiful stadiums. We have to think thank everybody for doing that because even before that was a dream so from from that sense from the infrastructure it's okay but let me tell you something infrastructure is the first uh, corrupt way to gain money so i'm also starting to doubt if that's the if the infrastructure is, is is done for for competitive purposes or for money winning so you know i'm mm. i'm in a spot right now that i i just don't uh, i don't trust anybody from the federation, including my 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 favorite star players who are actually working there. I don't want to mention them, but mm. yeah, it's it's not it's not looking good from from this spot, man. Mm. No, I see. It's a nice eye-opener perspective that you just mentioned there. Um, I haven't thought about it like that, but uh, that's the data. Yeah. And they don't lie. The numbers. Uh, well, Kaku, it's been 46 minutes of uh, of an emotional ride. It started so well, you were describing this marvelous story of the success, and then we landed in this conclusion. Um, I'm not sure. Do you want to cover anything else? No, I'm just uh, I'm just thinking that we have to have a short episode for once we have the the, the list of, of the players called up. Yeah, I do believe and I expect a huge change, uh, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, like I said, I have emotionally checked out so they can put you or whoever they want in there. I will be cheering for all of them, but I won't care. <laughs> so if, I, if I'm called up, you won't care about me? I will congratulate you <laughs> and I will hope you score. But if you do, I will not care. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Cheers for that. You're most welcome. Uh, no, uh, I, that was the... That was the topic that I wanted to cover, and in, uh, in this short moment here. Um, that being said, uh, we appreciate you having listened to this, uh, both new and old uh, listeners, and we'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, at least when we have the new national team list, and there will be a reason to to speak more about this. That being said, guys. Uh, Thank you all for listening and we see you all again soon. Until next time, we say Nachantis.